Hey guys, welcome to OTR On The Road. I'm your host, Darren Eubank, and I'm coming to you from San Antonio, Texas, home of the Alamo. And I'm in between sets here at the Rustic San Antonio. Um, we like to play all three locations. Speaking of playing, uh, you're listening to Wished It Was You by Austin Leach, and he's our special guest today. This is episode five, and we're calling this one So Far, So Good. Um, Austin's been traveling the country playing So Far shows. And in the episode, we'll get, we'll get to talk about, man, what does even So Far mean? Um, how is he able to do it? And what does his kind of work and music schedule look like? And um, so I'm excited. So without further ado, um, let's bring Austin in. We got to sit down in the coffee shop in uh, Fort Worth, Texas at Avoca Coffee. So hope you like this one. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to OTR. Uh, this is episode five. Um, I'm your host, Darren Ewing. This is On the Road. And uh, you can find me here today. I'm in Funky Town, also known as Fort Worth, Texas. Um, and that is about 45 minutes west of Dallas. And I'm at Avoca Coffee. So if you're ever in Fort Worth, you want to stop in for food at Rude and then hop on over to a vodka. I've got a vanilla latte and a sticky bun, and it's amazing. Um, across from me, though, is the man, Walker. Mr. Austin Leach. How are you doing, my friend? Good, man. Happy to be here. It's actually my second time at a vodka coffee, and uh, dude, just thankful and honored to be here on the podcast, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, in a nutshell, On the Road is this. Um, Chima and I have done over 100,000 miles on the road traveling. Um, we did this thing, and... There's so many things in between those miles. There's stories, and there's tips, and there's tricks, and there's cool things that we want to talk about, and that's what this podcast is. But also, we bring on guests like you who have done some cool things. And I'm just kind of thinking, when's the first time that I uh, met you? Thinking, man, it's got to be um, probably three years ago now or so. I got pulled to go to this open mic in Dallas at a place called. Uh, drugstore, drug yeah, mm-hmm. bingo, bingo, bongo. Yep. Yeah, drugstore cowboy. For those who don't know, I used to host an open mic in Allen, Texas, in a place called Drugstore Cowboy. Um, it was really fun. Um, <laughs> met a lot of a lot of good friends and musicians there. Um, so, okay, cool. Yeah, it was awesome. Man. It was a good time. Good, different days, but good days nonetheless. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, dude. So what's cool is you kind of. I've been traveling this year. It's got, you've been catching my eye. You know, I keep up with you on social media. And you've been traveling, you know, just around the country, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what's constant about what's like what's constant about each one is it's a so far show. Yep. And um, for those who don't know, tell them what so far stands for. Uh, so so far actually was founded in 2009 in London. Um, by some people that just wanted to give artists and songwriters a place to play and it became kind of this phenomenon in Europe and now you can almost find a so far show in every major city across the world. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. And so far stands for Songs from a Room. Um, so I think a lot of people just know the name and don't really know what it stands for. Um, but yeah, it stands for Songs from a Room. It's a very cool, intimate type of setting. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, and if you talk to artists, it's one of those things where it's just like, you're used to playing in front of people but as the background. Yep. But as so far shows, everyone has paid to be there to watch you, and so they're like, 
They're locked in. Yeah, they're locked in. They're hanging on every single lyric, every word. That's kind of awesome um, to play. And so, what's cool is you were traveling and you're playing these shows yep. across, which is actually kind of uh, um, unprecedented. You know, not a lot of people, musicians, do that. You know, they kind of just stick to if it's in my city, I'll go to that. Um, yep. D&T has played a couple in Dallas, a couple here in Fort Worth. Um, but as far as traveling, touring, like that's kind of unheard of. It. So, what kind of inspired you to start, you know, thinking about traveling like that? Mm. Sometimes. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes the recorder falls. It's all good, man. Um, you know, man, it's funny. I think that there is so much talent in Dallas and Fort Worth. There's so many skilled singers and writers and performers. Um, and I initially, years ago, just wanted to get into that. So I would play anything I could. I mean, if a booker called, I would probably go. No matter who or how many people were playing or how many people were going to show up. Um, and I had heard about So Far, but didn't know a lot about it. And finally played my first So Far uh, in Dallas. Um, at this really great, great location, great crowd. And I just, I fell in love with the experience, man. I felt, felt like it was really refreshing to play to a room of people that just wanted to know who you were, your story, and then to see them connect with your story. Yeah. Um, and we've got a few really cool things like it in Dallas, as you guys know from the last podcast, Tacos and Tunes is a really big hit. Um, there's another cool uh, format called Loft Stories um, in Deep Ellum. Um, there's some cool things like that, um, but I said, to myself at least, I said, I want to try to see, does this thing work outside of where I'm from? Because that's kind of the, the suspicion is like, oh, it just works with people that you know. Let's go to a city uh, that has so far. Let's see if I can play a show. Let's see if people like it. And then we'll kind of make the next steps from there. But it was just really just to see, hey, can I go visit a cool place, play music to a crowd, not to an empty room, um, and kind of see what the response is. That's pretty cool. Um, and I want to back up because the first thing you said was like, I would just kind of say yes to any, to any yeah, show. Yeah, absolutely. And... Man, if that isn't what I hear from, honestly, any artist who's even semi-successful mm -hmm. is just kind of like, I just said yes. <laughs> Almost anything. Yeah, yeah, just about what we did. I know in our career we've done like quinces. Oh, yeah. We've done obviously weddings. We've done um, sweet 16s. We've done like wine tastings. We've done engagement parties. Mm -hmm. Like you get like really weird and it's like housewarming parties. Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's just like you just kind of do. We did, yeah, we did this going away party yeah. one time for this lawyer. Oh my god. It was kind of weird because like we walked in like as artists. We looked like, oh, those guys are musicians. And everyone in there is like suits and like slick back hair and ties. <laughs> They're lawyers. <laughs> you know? And we just walked into this room and started playing music. And it was almost as soon as we started, it was over. But it was just like, yeah, we did that. Yeah. Um, we did that. <laughs> so oh, 100%. You just kind of say yes to things. And, and what's, cool is that, what, what's cool about so far is like, it's almost everywhere. Oh my God, yes. And so, like, if you wanted to be like, hey, you want to go play in Albuquerque, New Mexico? You probably could. Guess what? There's one in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yep. You know, and so it's like being able to say, Having that idea of already saying yes to things, and then now you, you have this opportunity that says, like, man, you can play in 300 cities in the world. Yep. Do you want to? Like, the yes is pretty easy at that point. Oh, yeah. You know? So, what was the first one that wasn't in? Um. 
so Dallas was first, and then I think that was in like the fall time of whatever year that was. And then the following February, we had planned a trip myself, my good buddy Joey, and uh, and my other good buddy Casey uh, chose to, uh, hey, let's go do LA for the first time. LA. Uh huh. To LA, like that, yep. And I, uh, I was incredibly nervous because I'm thinking LA, there's so many talented people out there, there's a lot of saturation with music out there, but I know that their SoFar market was like one of the three biggest in the US. Oh, yeah. And so at the time, Dallas was considered a premier city. Mm -hmm. And so they were putting on like 20 to 22 of their shows a yep. well, LA was putting on like 35 to 40. Oh, every night almost. And so. And it's, it's LA, so you know every artist is like pretty good. <laughs> it was nerve wracking, man. We got out there, and I remember getting to this. The venue was like this, uh, like half, like kind of like like a loft building, but in the basement was this vodka distillery company that was hosting it. And there's probably like 60, 65 people that were in attendance in this small kind of packed, almost like a basement kind of room. And um, I was so nervous, but I just, I, me and Casey and Joey kind of just looked at each other and said, hey, we're either gonna make this work or we're gonna learn a lot. Yeah. And I uh, got up there and did it. And like the reception was so kind and, and complimentary. And I left there going, oh, so like, it can work outside of DFW. Like it can work outside of my hometown. And uh, that's kind of what sparked well, the interest. It worked in LA. Yeah, out of all places, right? Like, I was pretty certain that like something could go wrong, but like it was just yeah. fun. It was truly fun. I had some friends come out that I knew from there, um, and got some really, really good feedback, and, and that was to me huge. It made the trip 100% worthwhile. That's awesome. Um, you know, did you guys fly out to there? Yeah. So most cities we, we typically fly if it's outside of Texas. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm seeing, so I'm doing this thing every now and then on the podcast. Like, I want to find out. What was that person's longest? Okay. Drive? Ooh. Do you, do you have a longest uh, drive? Yeah, back in the day. So before, like, I was really pursuing seriously this music thing. Um, me and my good buddy Mark, and if he listens to this, he's gonna laugh and also probably roll his eyes. We took a, the, it was like a 12-hour drive to Nashville. Okay. And um, completely unwarranted. Like, we're just two kids that want to play music. We just know Nashville's a music city. And um, I, I had made a few mistakes in booking our uh, lodging situation. Just being a kind of a new to the, I was, I was probably 19, I don't know, like, no idea what was going on. And um, we literally drove through the night, stopped at a Loves to like sleep a little bit, like, it was just rough, man. And um, I would say that that was easily one of the most uh, growing and learning-filled trips of just how do you do this, because traveling's a whole other beast. It really is. Especially when you like, you don't have a lot of money and you're trying to figure out how do I make this efficient, worthwhile, but also like impactful. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was the Nashville trip was a. I'm glad we did it, but also it was definitely something we've never forgotten. He has not let me live down some of the details of what that's happened. Crazy, <laughs> oh, dude, that's funny. So 12 hours, okay, that's good. Not bad. I mean, it's, it's def bad. definitely not 24 hours. That I, 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 the thing is, is like in Texas. Um, I know you guys, you and D. Uh, sorry, you, you being D. LOL edits. Um, <laughs> you and Chima play at the Rustic, and they have three locations. So, like I'll drive those. I'll drive Houston. I'll drive San Antonio. It's like what four or five hours yeah not bad not bad at all it's a really simple day in fact we're actually going to be in san antonio next week oh bet nice yeah, yeah. so um it's pretty simple yeah to just hop on you know 35 or 45 yeah just head south for a couple hours and it's there. wide open i'm not sure if, if you're listening you've never driven through rural texas it is essentially just open fields horses cattle and a bunch of buckies. Oh yeah, five mile per hour highways. Oh yes, yeah, so you can <laughs> drive as fast as you want. <laughs> yeah. 
That's cool. Um, so you did LA. Yep. Um, and then was that like before you guys went to LA? Was it one of those things where it's like okay, let's pick all these cities and go to it? Was LA kind of like the test? LA was like a staple. So um, a little bit about kind of the reason. LA was so vividly on my mind. A, it's it's pretty famous as far as being known for entertainment, and a lot of folks that play these famous venues, just pretty famous, just pretty famous you know, uh, it's fine. Um, and uh, my brother uh, Taylor, uh, who um, I just think is one of the smartest human beings out there, he had been making business trips to LA for years, and I remember I was telling him, man, I really want to go, I really, but he said, hey, you need a good reason to go, and you need to be ready to go before you actually pull the trigger. And so LA was two things. It was like, hey, it's a staple city where I know I'm not going to like, and no offense to whatever city I'm about to name, like it's not going to like some random city in North Dakota where it's like, you don't know what the music scene's like. Right. You know for a fact that Los Angeles is like prime time. There's talented people that can't get a break. Yeah. Um, so it was, I felt like I was ready to at least dip my feet in the water. And I said, hey, let's just, let's not play around. Let's just go for it. And um, like I said, it ended up working out and it sparked the next run of cities that we ended up doing. It kind of gave me a little bit of newfound confidence in my um, interest, but also my ability to perform. Did you find yourself when you, okay, so what's the next city, I guess? Um, the next city after that, we actually did two, a couple months later. So another piece of background information is I, I have a full-time job. So everything I do is calculated typically two to four months ahead of time. Um, and so I've had to really learn how to know where I need to be, where I want to be, what makes sense for what I'm doing. So there's a lot of thought on my, my calendar. Um, so after that, we booked Waco. Um, there's a pretty well-known venue there called Common Grounds. Um, and we were the feature act, or I guess I was the feature act of um, their Wednesday night. It's kind of like an open mic, but they have an actual artist come and like headline. Yeah, so you, you headline the night, and it's a college town in Waco. So. Other than it's Chip like right across from Baylor. Yes, exactly. Like you walk out the front door and there's Baylor. There's Baylor. Baylor. Yeah, quite literally. Uh, and to the left is Chip and Joanna Gaines. Um, and um, <laughs> quite literally. Um, and so we played there. And then the next so far after that was um, like what, two weeks later in Chicago. Chicago. And you know, want to know a fun fact about the Chicago show? Is um, our good pal Cameron Ray actually linked me to the Chicago So Far contact. Oh, nice. And so shout out to Cameron for, because I, I think hey, it must have been uh, some of you on the pod are familiar with a, a good man by the name of Dylan Dunlap. I think he plugged me to the LA, LA people, and then Cameron plugged me with the Chicago people. Dude, friends coming through. I'm telling you, man, like you can't do this thing without them at all. That's awesome. I love, I love that that kind of came back around. That, that's kind of been the, the main thing that keeps on coming back. It's like your friends. Like, oh my God. Like, are, are essential to that. Okay, so. So Chicago. Chicago. Right. Yeah. So I guess my thing is this. First of all, what's the company that you work for? The company I work for is a little known company. They make small technology. Yeah, it's funny because no, people like I know I have friends that that don't know because like we live in the social media age, so I have friends that don't know that I have a full time job, that we like went to high school together, went to college together, whatever, and so they see me and they're like, "Dude, looks like you're doing great." I'm like, in some ways, yes. <laughs> still got a still got a nine to five. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's like I'm not just traveling all the time. Although Instagram might say otherwise. Right. right. But yeah, yeah. So we're. Um, allow me basically the flexibility, um, the nature of the business lets me go places. But like I said, the responsibility of that is I show up to work, I kill it, I crush it, and then you know, I, I aim for excellence. Yeah. And, uh, and then once again, planning ahead. So I have to know a month or two ahead of time 
what I'm going to be doing. Oh, yeah. By the way, there's no shame in working the full-time job no. and pursuing music. Absolutely um, not. I'll never forget, so any, any job that I've gotten in the past five to six years, this is how my interview goes. Um, so, uh, what can you bring to this company, Darren? Um, and I'm like... Great melodies. I'm a musician, <laughs> um, and, I, and I tour, and my, my dream is to tour full-time, to be signed to a label, you know, and I just kind of I lay out my whole dream to them, and then I say, now where did this obligatory, like, company, where does this fit in with me? Yeah. You guys will be the catalyst, because when I'm here, I'm completely here. Yep. I'm going to work hard. Oh my God, yeah. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, um, but when it's time for me to travel, It'll be you guys that helped me get to that point. Yep. And so I, I told them, I'm like, look, I'm not trying to move up in the company. I'm not trying to get a promotion. Like, the hours I've got right now, I don't need more hours. This is perfect. I, I just want to stay where I'm at, and I'm going to work as hard as I can when I'm here. Absolutely. Um, that way, I can work as hard as I can when I'm not here. Uh-huh. You know? And so it's kind of funny, like, telling my parents, like, oh, yeah, I just told them that I didn't have any ambition to, like, <laughs> You know, <laughs> but for some reason, I end up with a job. And, On the spot. Uh, so honesty is the best policy. Uh, but just understand, like, you know, it is possible to have a job and to travel. And I thought what's cool is, like, you're planning... Anywhere from there. It just depends on where I'm trying to go. Um, but yeah, typically just for the sake of my schedule to respect my job and to say, hey, like, I want to give you guys um, as much transparency in this. Because a couple things. First and foremost, I always like to credit my brother with the advice that I got when I first got hired there. He said, hey, man, like, you're going to have two full-time jobs if you're serious about pursuing music. He goes, you're going to have to treat both like full-time jobs. And uh, he was right, and he's been right the whole time. And, and the second thing to that was, and I would recommend to anybody who's trying to pursue something and they still need to live a little bit, because that thing's not providing you know, full income at the time, yeah. is um, I'm telling you, part-time, full-time, something. I have plenty of friends that have done it for a season or it turned into a career, who knows? But wow. it's one of those things where it's such a creative, passion-driven company um, I look at people and say, hey, if, if you're looking for something to kind of tide you over, I go, you're not going to only get some, like, paychecks. I go, you're going to get some life skills that actually might help you with what you want to do. Yeah. And so um, it's been a big benefit. But I said just kudos to them for allowing me the opportunity to um, said, pursue both with excellence. That's really it. Yeah. So we kind of started off this, this podcast by just saying, you know, just say yes. Yes, things, right? absolutely. Um, and so it's important, like, there might be people listening and they're saying, like, okay, yeah, I want to do this full time. But it's important, like, when you say yes to things, that you don't say yes to, like, everything. Does that make sense? Oh, my goodness, yes. Where it's like, <laughs> you know, we weren't saying yes, like, to 17 shows in a week. No. You know, like, that's yeah. not smart. No, that's you know, enough. So saying, I want to make sure that my show, or my week is, is like full, yep. but not like over full. Yep. And, and so there's a mindfulness of, okay, what do I say yes, actually say yes to? Yep. Um, and so when you're planning two or four months out, you can't just kind of be like, oh yeah, we can do that. Oh yeah, we can do that. Nope. Yeah, we can do that. Nope. But like, you know, you have to kind of sit down on you know, a Sunday afternoon and just 
just say like, all right, we, we can do this, and we can do this, and it's going to take this, and it's going to take this. Yep. Um, and so don't confuse that with the no. Just confuse that with, just to say like, hey, I'm working this out like, like this is a full-time job for me. Yep. And this, so this is, this is an area serious thing I need to take it. I need, to take, I need to take it seriously. Absolutely. Yeah, it's cool. I once heard a quote, kind of on that train of thought, that was, some people are so busy trying to win everywhere that they end up winning nowhere. Wow. You spread yourself too thin, and guess what? The peanut butter toast is mostly toast. Dang. Put that on Twitter, y'all. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. There are times where I have said yes to things, and I was so sad because I was so drained, or it just didn't make sense, right? Like... I was telling someone last night, I was saying, um, you know, I think getting reps is a good thing in whatever field you want to be successful at. Right. But isn't it a good idea also to get the right kind of reps? Like, yes. how are you going to expect someone in the NBA that only practices passing to be a high percentage shooter? Just put yourself in a position where you're actually practicing the things that you want to be great at. So, like, and this is no disrespect because I play these gigs and I play these gigs, but you might play in a restaurant, right? And you aren't the focal point. You said earlier in the podcast, you, some of them are background music and you're getting taken care of, but it's not the same kind of performance than if you're in front of a hundred people out of so far where like you literally have their undivided attention and it's yours to mess up. It's yours to lose. It's completely different. And if you played a hundred restaurants where no one's listening to you, yep. and then you have a show where it's like, all right, there's a thousand people here and they all want to hear what you have to say. It doesn't matter how many shows you've done, you're nervous. Oh my like, god, yes. It's crazy, you know, like, and so it's important to, you know, someone was asking me, I haven't seen you guys play in a long time. Mm. And I was like, well, it's kind of because we're, we're really picking and choosing what we want to represent our music with. Like, the last thing I want to do is play five shows in a month. Absolutely. That mean kind of nothing, and then be offered an opportunity to play this big show. And now we know the fans are out, but the fans have been out five shows, five shows this month. Absolutely. You know? And so I was like, we're just kind of like we're letting the shows come to us right now. We're not actively seeking. Just let them come to us. And if it, if it's something that we all think we can do as a band, then we kind of like build a project around it with you know whether it's a social media push mm -hmm, or, mm -hmm. know, videos or whatever, whatever it is like we kind of talk about is this something we want to do yeah okay cool let's do it you know so is this something we want to we want to do well no let's just you know let's pass it to someone that we know that needs it you know so someone like that so you gotta be happy and mindful about these things and you know music is fun it's cool to listen to when you talk about like having it as a job, you know, <laughs> it's different. People, people kind of overlook that it's so meticulous. And I was talking with the artist the other day from Austin. And he's like, "How's it going?" I'm like, "It's good, dude. You know, I'm just like updating the website. Well, you're here and I'm, here longer. You know, just sending some emails and you know, working on some designs today. Mm -hmm. And it's just like small." Ugh, meticulous things. It gotta be done though, it has to be done. The small things are so important because the big things don't happen with all the small things. Oh my god, yeah. You know, like how do you eat an elephant like one bite at a time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, I feel that, man. It's funny too because that goes into every area, right? So whether you, you know, I think we were just talking about this at lunch before this is you can have a great song, you can write an amazing song, and if no one hears it because there's no structure in place, you know, 
you were saying you put together a social media push around a show. Well, yeah, because you want to give your art the best chance. Exactly. You know, um, when I was starting to really consider, hey, I want to write songs, I want to perform, and didn't really know where to start, but my heart behind it was, and you know, they always say like uh, companies have mission statements, you know, my mission statement, quote unquote, was write the best songs as possible to touch as many lives as possible. I'm not trying to write songs so I can, like, yeah, I write them for me, I guess, because I'm going through whatever. It's a cool idea, yeah, whatever it is. But ultimately, it's like, I'm hoping to impact somebody, and you don't impact people, like, you don't impact people, like, you think about if your windshield or your windows have been cracked, it's typically because a small little rock hit some piece of that glass the right way, and it created this motion and this movement. And so, I went, I went so cracked right now. Oh, rip. Rest in peace. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to bring up bad memories. <laughs> no, but you're right, because it actually started, a rock hit the window, but it didn't hit, like, anywhere visible. Like, I couldn't see that there was a crack, mm, actually, come on. On, the, on the windshield. Let's go. And... Um, I really wanted to get into my passion voice there. I, I felt I, it coming on. I felt it. Take him to church, Darren. Come on. You see, I couldn't see. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I couldn't see that there was a crack in the windshield. But slowly but surely in the bottom right corner, I saw this little, this little like, slit. And I was like, dang, when did that happen? Like, I don't remember a rock hitting mm-hmm. windshield at all. Mm-hmm. And that was like... Three or four months ago. Yeah. Now my whole windshield is like completely like oh, no. spidered. You know, not the whole windshield, but sure. it's, just, it's just like it's bad. You yeah. Know? And um, it's to the point where you're just like, okay, now I need to fix this. I can't. I can't like let it go anymore. Yeah. I was in the, I was in like a car wash the day. Like yeah. A, and you know how the car like the wash like hits the front window. Yeah. And it goes over. Yeah. And I, and I get so nervous that my window is just kind of like bust. like like a movie scene, like, yeah. like some kind of Armageddon flood coming through the windshield. Game yeah. over. Yeah, so, um, so I like, that didn't get this fixed. Uh-huh. But it's true, like, something can start so small. Yeah. Um, but, you know, over time and through, like, bumps in the road and stuff like that, it starts to grow. And now it's noticeable. It's very noticeable mm. from a while away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so that's kind of a cool, like, you know, concept. Yeah. Um, okay, so I want to get back to the So Far Show. Absolutely. So, um... Dylan helped you. Get to LA, yep. Cam helped you in Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, did you do Philly in New York as well? Yeah, this past April, the idea is like, once again, when you're taking time away from work to go do these things because you're working full time, you gotta be strategic, right? So the idea is, hey, can I get three shows? Can I get four shows? Can I get two shows? And so we decided to put together Philly in New York, and I was emailing in December, in January, and this happened in April. Because I knew, hey, it's two different cities, two different markets, two different leaders I have to get in contact with to make sure this is cool. And then make sure we know where we're staying in, make sure we know how we're getting from A to B. Fortunately, um, on this trip, my good buddy Joey, who I mentioned earlier, he's like a travel guru. And he's going to probably laugh when he hears this, but he, I'm telling you, man, if you have travel questions, travel tips, if you just want to know like the best... We have to bring him on there. I'm telling you, man, he would be a good fit because he knows how to travel well and smart. Um, and, and cut costs in the right places so you don't feel like you have to spend all this money because you don't. Yeah. Um, and then once again, find places to stay. And um, and man, that was a really fun trip. It was incredible. That's awesome. And Philly's close enough to New York. Oh my God, yeah. To just kind of be like, let's just kind of couple these things Well, we, we had, um, I have this family friend. Uh, I grew up, one of my good buddies from growing up named Tanner. His mom uh, and dad moved to Philadelphia. And this is probably four or five years ago. And every year, I feel like when I'd run into him at some wedding or some event, hey, when you come visit, we would love to see you come play a show in Philly. 
And uh, I was like, well, we can take you up on that. And my mom's from New York, so I got family all over New York City and off the uh, off on Long Island. And so I was like, we can make this work. And so we literally went to Philly for like two days, did so far one night, did the history tour stuff the next day. Yes. Took a train from Philly to New York City and um, stayed with my cousin uh, Mark, who was incredibly gracious as well. And um, played on a Sunday night there in New York City. Um, and like I said, we, we have fun too, don't get me wrong. It's like we're going to work, we're going to get some, some momentum, we're going to build something, and we're going to impact people uh, with these stories and these songs. But at the end of the day, man, it just, uh, like I said, that's months of planning. Yeah, that's a lot. And it's, you know, first of all, I'm such a history nerd. Oh, come on, yes. So when we were in Philadelphia last time, I was like, we have to get through our day early because we're doing everything. Oh, and y'all walk the whole thing, yeah? Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. The whole thing, yeah. And I was just like, I kept quoting National Treasure. Same. <laughs> I guarantee you right now, uh, Roman, who did the video for, for us on, on the road, buddy of ours, and then Joey, as you just said that, are rolling their eyes. Because I was the guy, like, we went to the visitor center in, in that area. This lady helped me out, got me a map, and I'm like, is there a map on the back of it? Like, I'm looking for the declaration. And uh, But I was like a kid in a candy store. Oh, it was awesome. I'll never forget it. It was so cool just to go in the tall, mm -hmm. just bells, oh, yeah. just to learn about all that stuff. We, we, we ran the rocket steps. Yeah, oh, <laughs> we missed that part, unfortunately. No, I mean, it was cool. And then in New York, too, New York is such a town of, like, possibility. You know, where the song was like, you know, New York kind of the jungle where dreams are made of. Absolutely. Right? You know? And it's just like, you you come into that city and just like, I feel like I can do anything. The energy you know? is so high. Oh, so much energy. I got two things about New York. That's okay. Um, two things. So the cool part, New York, out of all my shows so far, is my first time playing in New York. But New York has probably been my favorite show so far, no pun intended. Uh, show so far, out of so far. Anyways, um, it gets a little laugh now and again. Um, about 80 people at this like art museum. And uh, they were so loud and interactive. And oddly enough, I had like five, six, seven people from like back home that live in New York now that were all there. Wow. It was like a show at home almost. It was very odd. Yeah, it's um, like a, they travel well. Oh, know? they travel well. But I, ironically, um, once again, if you've not ever checked out uh, Dylan Dunlap's music, he's based out of LA. I, I like to represent him anytime I can because he's such a, Dylan's great. a great human being who's doing this thing for the right reasons. And he's also really talented. He we did not plan this but like a month before he posts he's playing in New York City as well as these other this other run of shows he's doing and um, I go that date looks familiar and so I pull up my calendar I go I'm playing New York so we I'm texting him we're texting back and forth and we find out that I'm playing uh, like two three hours before he is a block away from when he's playing so we meet at a coffee shop he comes to my show and then I finish with the show and I walk a block with my, my crew over to um, who's playing at Rockwood Music Hall uh, awesome venue really great venue and uh, we get in there and we make it for his whole set almost and it was this, this cool moment when like you, like you see your friends that are out there doing it and you get to support them uh, and they get to support you in that um, it, it made the trip that much more exciting for sure that's awesome dude what's cool is like you guys are taking trains, you guys are like, you know, staying with people, hotels, like, you're figuring out how to do this. It's not easy. No. It's not easy. Like, Absolutely not. Anyone who's thinking about traveling, you know, even someone who's trying to like, listen to the, the guest kind of mentality and go, just go places. So I think every single one, every, every person that I have on the podcast um, is like, 
oh yeah, I just I got in a van and I traveled the country, or we decided to work in Monopoly to go to Iceland. Oh, I love that. Yeah, you know, it's just like everyone is like they're just doing it. They're just going out and they're traveling and doing these things. And um, it sounds easy to kind of say it, but when you like sit back and look at it, it's like there's preparation that goes into these things. And so even the habit to know, I like, right, have to take a take a train into. I mean. First of all, taking a train is like kind of cool these days now. Oh yeah. But like, save. I mean, I'm sure you guys save a lot of money mm-hmm. on that, you know. And for me, like, when Chima and I travel, it's like we try to figure out how can we do this like not only the cheapest way, but kind of like the coolest way. So those times where we're like flying into Denver, then driving to land. To yes. Save money. And we save like almost a thousand bucks by just doing that. Oh yeah. And what's cool is like you're driving to Wyoming and like, this is beautiful. <laughs> this is awesome. And we save so much money on it. But you have to like figure out, okay, in a nutshell it'd be easy to just be like, oh yeah, we're just gonna fly to New York as it was simple. But nothing is simple about this at all. Uh-huh. You know, so there's so much that goes into it. What other cities did you go to? Uh, we've done so let's see here, Chicago we've done twice, we did Chicago again in May. Because um, I'm basically picking cities, at least as of now, that I have people in. Because I like a, I like seeing people. A lot of these friends, friends of mine, haven't seen me perform in recent memory. Uh, so it's cool to kind of get to share a little bit with them what I've been up to. Um, but also, once again, to be able to you know hang out, crash at their place, whatever it might be, connect, um, do some cool things. Like in Chicago, we went to a couple Cubs games. Uh, and that was cool. historic. Um, in LA, once again, seeing friends. Um, I got a chance to play, uh, they do this thing uh, in LA at the Hotel Cafe called Monday Mondays. I think there might be another name for it, but I got a chance to play there, so I got to like check Hotel Cafe like, on the list, and like that was like a, an experience. So uh, LA, Tulsa, uh, San Antonio, like I mentioned before, um, I'm just trying to think I'm missing anywhere along the way. Those are some of the, the major cities, and there's a few others on the list right now that are like kind of like bucket list ones, um, that I'm, uh, I'm definitely like want to get done pretty quickly and like go go there yeah. when the time is right but like I said so far is almost everywhere we missed so far in Vegas so we stopped in Vegas just because we kind of could like right. we weren't really trying to go to Vegas but it was like it was part of the way to LA so we we're there for like two days um, and they have so far in Vegas even in Vegas it's in I said markets are different so it's a smaller market they do maybe once or twice a month but like I said if you can if you can plan ahead and you can kind of get it scheduled um, so we're looking to reconnect with them next time we're going out that, that way west. But um, um, I'll say, man, every city has offered something different. I, you kind of mentioned the history stuff earlier. I'm such a history nerd. I just love seeing the architecture. I love seeing, oh, this is where that happened. Um, in Philadelphia, we were staying with, I said, those family friends. They have this beautiful home, and they're not, like, next to downtown. They're, like, 45 minutes outside in this place called, I think it was Westchester. And um, it's, like, old, like... Like Revolutionary War esque town, like so. It's like it's got a lot of history, a lot of battles fought. So um, that part I love. I'll tell you the part that I I've learned the most in though so far is just like the little quirks you get while, like not when you get there, because when you get there it's pretty straightforward. Like it's another city, there's people there. It's the in between where you're coming from and where you're going. The airports, tips and tricks at airports. Uh, Some of the the funny things airport employees will say to you. Um, which airlines are cool, which airlines are less cool. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Chima and I have kind of like, when it comes to traveling through airports, uh, do you have TSA check? You know what, I don't, but guess what, I'm about to get it, like quite literally within the next like month. Yeah, 
So, if you guys don't know, TSA, if you ever walk through an airport, like, it's, it's a hassle to have to take your shoes off, your belt off, all these things, take out your laptop, you know, all these things, put it through the thing, and then have to put it all back in and then go. Um, well, TSA PreCheck, you, you go to an agency, you pay, I think it's, I, I believe it's $85, so it was $85 when I signed up, but it's $85 for five years. Then you get, you get your travel number, and your known travel number, and then whenever you buy a ticket, um, you put your known travel number in, and usually like, depending on whoever you buy your tickets through, they keep that on file. So anytime you buy a ticket, your known travel number there. So you automatically have TSA pre-check. So you, you walk through TSA pre-check, you don't have to take off your shoes, you don't have to take off your belt. It's quick. You don't have to take your laptop out. And it's literally, I don't even take off my jacket these days. Nope. And so I just walk through the, you don't even have to stand and do like the, the body scan. The, like the body scan. Yeah. Either. You just walk through the metal detector and you grab yourself and you go. And it's cut down our, our airport time by at least 45 minutes. At least. You know, like, and it's, and it's crazy. I mean, I just think of it as like this. You have 45 minutes extra to sleep. Sleep <laughs> or know? to get food or... Yeah to do whatever um, and now they're coming out they've had their thing people haven't seen it it's called Clear yes have you, have you seen that? I've seen Clear a few times like uh, uh, I, think, I think DFW has it but Southwest uh, what is it? Uh, Love Field Love Field has it they're yeah. big on it right now and what's cool with Clear is it does the same thing as TSA PCheck except with Clear you sign in with your eyes yeah like face ID you feel like an like a agent like a, like a super spy like it uses your eyes to sign in and then a clear agent meets you and takes you to the front of yep. TSA PCheck. Literally, like walks you up there. Yeah, and so it's like you're, you're saving the most amount of time you can think of. With that. So it's kind of a cool uh, concept when it comes to traveling, just to know things like that. Do you have any uh, any crazy airport or on plane like wild experiences? Absolutely. So in fact, this, this actually is from my first trip to New York. Oh no. So um, I was living in Deep Elm at the time, and Chima was living in Duncanville, which Duncanville is about 25, 30, 25 minutes outside the city. Deep Elm is mm-hmm. right there in the city. And so he was going to get an Uber in the morning to drive to my house, and we were going to, um, our roommate Jared was going to drive my car to the airport, drop us off, and drove and drive my car. So I'm ready to go. It's four in the morning, waiting on Chima. He's like, dude, my Uber keeps canceling. Chima. I, I can't, I, I, my Uber keeps canceling. He goes, but this guy's, there's a guy coming on the way, uh, so I should be there. And I'm just like looking at my clock, like, dude, we better not miss. Dude, we're going to New York. I was like, we cannot miss our flight to New York at all. Long story short, Chima calls me, he's just like, bro, um, I couldn't. I, I, I'm, I'm in here, but the, the Uber is like he's he's going the wrong way. Like it's basically anything I was gonna work, gonna go wrong. It was happening. Was. And so I'm sitting there waiting in the car with Jared, and he's like, "I'm really sorry, but I'm trying to get there." So we're waiting at my house. The next thing I know is Chima calls me, and he's like, "Bro, where are you?" And I was like, "I'm waiting on you." He goes. Oh, dude, I just had him take me to the airport because we were late. Um, because I just checked in. And I was just like... Um, text me, like, yeah. call me. I was like, oh my gosh. And so I like busted it to the airport. Checked out all my stuff. 
as I'm walking up to the gate, the gate's closed. No. And I'm just like, I'm the, I'm, I missed my flight. <laughs> like, and so I'm just like mad, right? I'm yeah. just mad. And then Chima comes walking out of the gate just by himself. And he was like, bro, I didn't want you to... Um, I tried to save you a spot, but I didn't want you to have to miss your flight alone, so I came out. No way. Like, Bandmate for life. And I was like, that's cool, but I don't want to look at you right now. <laughs> you know, I was so upset. <laughs> I'm so mad at you, Chima, right now. Well, here's what I didn't know. Um, because Ch Chima had his like carry-on and stuff on the plane, and he just left it there on the plane. And he got off the plane. Uh. And so our manager is sitting on the plane, and he goes... Where did Chima go? And I was like, he's out here. And he goes, they literally have like bomb. They have a, they brought a bomb dog onto the because he airplane left the bag because he dropped off this 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 uh, and then bag left. and then left. You can't do that and in so airports. So they had to deplane, and everyone's like, they're like doing checking to see if it's a bomb or not. And I'm just like, he oh, saved it. Like, oh my gosh! Did y'all get to go get on the plane then? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Didn't. Yeah, it was completely full. We booked the, we booked the next got it available flight out there. Um, but uh, it was just like they had to get off the plane and everything, dude. And I was like, dude, Shima, you really nailed this one. <laughs> Hit it out of the park. I mean, I could go on about airport stories because we go to them so often. Yeah. But I think some of my favorite airports um, probably be Milwaukee. Okay. Um, that I like. I like um, uh, Chicago Midway. Okay. Um, I like uh, Nashville. Okay. Um, I hate Atlanta. Do not like Atlanta. It's so big. Oh my gosh. Uh, I mean, I could go on about it. Oh my god, yeah. I think airports are one of the funniest places, specifically if like you are in them more frequently than the average human. Yeah. You, they give a certain calmness and peace because you just know how it works. And, uh, and you look to your right, and there's a family that's like oh my God. jogging because they're just they're like, late to Disney World, <laughs> and they so might not get to see Mickey Mouse. It is insane, but um, I haven't had anything like that. Fortunately, we we actually once we were the last people to board. Um, something that we do, especially when we're going in groups, um, is we like hitting up the lounges. So typically, a lounge is a, uh, associated with either your airline of choice and your status, or if you have a certain type of credit card, X, Y, and Z. The reason why lounges are the best thing to do if you are so interested, we call it lounge life, hashtag lounge life, put it on Twitter, um, is because typically there's space, there's plenty of outlets, a lot of people aren't in there, but the food, it's included, and it's, so, it's typically pretty darn good. So we try to hit up lounges in certain airports um, that, that have good ones. Uh, what's, what's an airport that's got a good one? So one of my favorites, because I thought it was kind of unique, uh, in LAX, um, it is in the International Terminal. It is. Oh, I love LAX. I, I should have said that. Uh huh. LAX I is I was pretty good. I hate it, but I love it. It's pretty easy. It's yeah. easy to navigate. Pretty simple. Uh, but they have a. It's like some kind of. Uh, I think it's like Asian Air, like uh, Korean Air airline. Okay. Uh, it's like their lounge. Mm -hmm. um, and so they have pretty diverse food. So they have like Asian food, and you got sushi, and you got all these different all these different stuff. Yeah. Um, but the space in it is really great. Big TVs with like whatever games on, um, and then it overhangs. They have a, like a balcony overhang to the rest of the airport, so you're still kind of a part of the community without wow. having to like. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Um, I've never looked at um, 
airports as a place to now. Same, until this. Uh, shout out once again to Joey for being a connoisseur of travel. Hopefully we can get him on the pod. Yeah. Um, he, he'll tell you about his favorite lounges and he'll tell you like <laughs> way more detail than I will. Like As you know, you, I think on Dave and Kate's podcast, y'all talked about like how Dave is the big dreamer and Kate is uh, more detailed. Right. Uh, I'm learning to be more detailed, but I'm definitely more like just go with the flow, big picture, colors, lights. And uh, I'm learning how to fill out the details as I go. That's cool. Well, man, I think what I can take from this podcast is, well, first of all, like, yes. I'm just going to say yes to things. Heard that. Secondly, your friends. The friends that surround you are going to help you get to where you need to go. Mm-hmm. Um, third, um, airport lounges. Airport lounges for airport life. Airport. Lounge life. Hashtag lounge life. <laughs> Hashtag lounge life. Um, no, but just the ability to say, like, you know, because that's a really, I mean, how many how many shows was that? For what? For, that you've been on like, oh, this year. Oh, so many. Yeah, I mean, yeah, quite a few. I don't but, know the number of them. you say, like, seven or eight? Sure. So, you've done that. There's people that do music full-time that haven't even done seven or eight shows, much less traveled the nation and done. Sure, yeah. And you have a full-time job. Yep. And so, I want to think that's cool about, like, like as serious, and what your brother was saying, as serious as you take your full-time job, mm-hmm. to take it serious, take your music career seriously, yep. and you know you, the way you've been able to plan and execute that was just really cool. Yeah. Uh, and so, mad props to you. Thanks, man. Uh, um, you want to plug anything as far as music goes? Because I know. Um, Obviously, was it the EP that came out? Yeah, we put out three songs on Spotify and Apple Music, all the all the norms, SoundCloud even, just because. Um, <laughs> and it was three songs: "Mama," "Looking," "Wished It Was You." Um, those three songs, and uh, you know, it was it was great to do that. We're um, fun fact: the reason we're doing this today and not like a month ago is because I just got my tonsils cut out. <laughs> so that was definitely a big uh, inhibitor. But before I get to any kind of plug as far as what's coming up next, I just want to say thanks for having me, dude. Yeah, um, absolutely. I'm sure I haven't said it enough, but. If you guys have not listened to D and Tree, I'm gonna go ahead and plug y'all for a second because right, yeah, you guys have absolutely done um, not only wonders for yourself, but you've also been so kind to the community around you. So um, whether it was plugging me with a promoter, or plugging me with a, a booking situation, or whether it was just a good advice, um, you know, at an open mic at Drugstore Cowboy, both you and Shima have been like some of the best friends in this community um, to be plugged in with, connected with. And so I just want to say thank you because it truly, in all sincerity, not just because we're on a podcast, it's because you guys are the real deal through and through and it shows because your community will say stuff like this. Thank you. Um, uh, as far as what I got coming up, so we do have some studio stuff coming up. So um, what I've been doing because of the tonsillitis I was kind of fighting um, is just kind of keeping the creative process to myself. Uh, not really blasting all stuff, still playing shows, still going and in, in, in trying to impact people, but um, I will say this, the next wave of music I think is going to sound a lot different, and it's going ooh. to have, yes, oohs and ahs, I think it's going to be a, a, a much different thing, because that was fall of 2017, yeah. and we're officially in summer of 2019, so yeah, what comes next I think is going to hopefully be a combination of what I've seen the last couple years on the road, um, some of the people I've gotten to meet, um, and just some of the growth as a human and as a, as a man I've gotten to, to go through, and I'm really excited about it. I'm very much excited to, to share the fact that I'm just writing and creating from a very different place than I was. Very cool. I'm excited to hear that. Like I got, I just got really excited Woo! right there. Um, we'll probably have one of those songs um, on the yeah. on the podcast that way the people can hear it. Give it to the and, people. Uh, we'll, we'll throw some of your social media links. For sure, man. Thank you so much. Well too, so. We will, hey, guys, what a cool lessons, some cool things you heard today um, from Austin Beach. 
Um, man, we got some more cool people to talk to um, as this goes. Man, keep sharing these things with your friends. Let people know that the On the Road, the po- on the road podcast is the place to listen. It's the place to be. It's happening. It's the bee's knees. It's the cat's meow. <laughs> <laughs> Heard that. <laughs> so, until next time, you guys have a good one. Sometimes I still wished it was you. Wished it was you. But it's not so heavy blowing on. Man, what a great episode uh, with Austin Nietzsche. It's really cool to hear how. Um, Honestly, how hard is he working? Knowing that he's working a nine-to-five, at a great place it seems. At the same time, man, he's planning for the future where he doesn't have to work that nine-to-five anymore. In that, he's just kind of planning two to four months out. He said uh, to travel. That takes dedication, Um, and it's cool. It's paying off. You know, it's something that I've seen. I think a lot of people around the Dallas area are seeing and. And I don't know if you're from the Dallas area or not, if you're listening, but uh, make sure you get a chance to listen to Austin. He's got some great music out. Um, in the uh, show notes, uh, you can find links to Austin's music and to his social media to connect with him. Uh, even if you have more questions, to reach out to him. Um, but yeah, until next time, guys, thank you for listening to On the Road, and I'll see you soon. And so vividly.